The CBF Podcast is presented to you by Fuller Seminary. Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry offers a practice-focused theological education. Study online or on campus and learn from Fuller's seasoned scholar practitioners and apply what you're learning to your own context. Whatever your ministry goals, Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry will help you take the next step in your vocation. For more information, visit fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. That's fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. Since 2016, CBF has brought you over 100 episodes of interviews with authors and practitioners for conversations that matter. These stories of creativity and innovation have garnered weekly support from around the United States and the world. We are inviting you, the listeners, to join us in connecting with the podcast. Become a monthly listener supporter and receive some perks, including name recognition on the podcast, questions for upcoming guests, free books from the podcast, joining the podcast for an interview, and a VIP experience with the General Assembly podcast guest. There are five levels of listener support starting at $5 per month. For less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte, you will be featured by name on the weekly podcast episode. For more information and to join the community of listener supporters, visit cbf.net slash podcast support. This is the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's Conversations. We are bringing you stories from across the fellowship through interviews with people doing groundbreaking work and renewing God's world. Ideas, stories, and innovation from ministers, authors, and practitioners from across the fellowship and beyond. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your host, Andy Hale. We are thrilled to bring you another year of CBF's podcast with a cavalcade of brilliant guests such as Father Tom Reese, Washington Post's Sarah Pulliam Bailey, Mark Charles, Soong Chen Ra, and Matthew Paul Turner. And that's just skimming the surface of the first few months. As you know, last fall, we launched the Podcast Listener Support Project. This is an opportunity for you to connect closer with the podcast and premier guest. By becoming a podcast supporter, you can join me on an interview with premier guests such as Walter Brueggemann, Sarah Bessie, and Brian McLaren. So check out cbf.net backslash podcast support. And now, on to our conversation. This week's CBF Podcast Conversation is brought to you by Equal Exchange. Equal Exchange is a 33-year-old fair trade organization that works with small-scale farmers in 20 countries to bring you organic coffee, tea, chocolate, cocoa, and nuts. Serve high-quality coffee during fellowship that matches your congregation's values with prices starting at $0.10 a cup. Fundraising with fairly traded products at an Easter or Christmas event. Equal Exchange also offers a line of products from Palestinian farmers in the West Bank, including organic olive oil, moftul, frika, and dates. For more information, visit equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. That's equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. Our guest for this special CBF podcast conversation is Carol McIntyre. Carol is the senior pastor. Um, let me do that again. I just said Carol. Um, I promise I haven't been drinking at any point today. So, all right. Our guest for this special CBF podcast conversation is Carol McIntyre. Carol is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Columbia, Missouri. She's also CBF's global moderator elect. 
Uh, Carol, thank you for joining the conversation. It's good to be with you, Andy. Now, this is by far one of the most unique situations I've dealt with in my lifetime. Um, for you, when, when did you start to come to terms with the gravity of the situation? Well, I mean, I think I've been watching it for a few weeks and thinking this was a possibility. Um, I think about, uh, you know, 10 days ago or so, I really started to think, okay, uh, it's coming. It's, you know, it's going to be here. And then it just started changing so rapidly. So, yeah, it's, it is um, crazy. <laughs> crazy times. Well, one of the unique things with pastoring is, I think more than than many other leadership positions is sometimes directly um, our personal experience ties to our professional experience. You know, for a lot of people, they can leave work at work. For us, um, work is so deeply tied to our spiritual journey. Uh, and so, you know, as a local church pastor, um, dealing with this is is different. So what about the situation makes it so unusually unique to lead through? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's a very anxiety producing time and you can just see it on the faces of people in your community and your congregation just as you're out and about. And um, so you're taking that on. I mean, I think there's really no way for any of us to totally not be anxious. But at the same time, I think as pastors, like one of the gifts of it is that we're feeling like, okay, I can't just like let this anxiety run me over because I'm, I want to be a calm presence for the people around me, which I actually think has been helpful to me because I've felt like, okay, I have to then deal with my own anxiety and figure out ways to manage that so that I can be a calm presence for my congregation and my community. And so I think it's actually pushed me to, to put a few more practices in place that are helping to center me. I mean, I can just tell you, I've been really leaning into the practice of breath prayer, you know, in the last five or six days and like returning to it, you know, multiple times in the course of the day to just center myself and, and take three or four minutes just to say a breath prayer. And I've been using uh, the breath prayer, you know, Holy Spirit, hold me close and just kind of meditating on that. And that has helped to center me so that then I can help lead from a more non-anxious place. You really over-spiritualized that for me because, you know, I guess I could say I have to get reminded to, um, I have to be reminded to breathe when my Apple watch, you know, dings me, uh, by the way, you need to take a breath right now, take a deep breath and, and calm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's encouraging to hear the practices you're, you're putting into place. You know, as, uh, there's many ways. And uh, again, this is coming out on a Tuesday. Um, you know, today's St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th. And a lot of this is rolling out. So this might change a week or two from now. But how is your church responding to the crisis right now? Yeah. So we did a decide to suspend in-person gatherings for the time being and just to take it a week by week. Um, in terms of deciding when we might start to gather again. Um, you know, it's a really hard decision, but I think people understand it, you know, that for the love of our community and for the love of, you know, people we care about, um, we want to practice uh, 
social distancing and, you know, help to slow the spread of the disease. And so we did suspend our in-person gatherings as many, many churches have. And, um, you know, we've tried to put into place some things to help us stay connected. So we've told the congregation we are going to be webcasting. I mean, we're lucky that we were already doing that. So that's not really something we have to learn, but just training people to be, you know, going to the webcast more. Uh, we also are increasing our social media presence and have told people you're going to see a lot more like Instagram and Facebook posts from us, including scriptures and breath prayers and, you know, all those kinds of things to just stay connected. And we're asking people not just to look at those, but to interact with them, to, to comment on them because, you know, we get a lot more from social media if we're not just scrolling through it, but if we're actually using it to connect with people so we're trying to get our people not just to look at them, but to interact with them. Like today, we're putting up a post, I think it may even actually already be up, that says, you know, um, during this time when we're webcasting, we want to sing songs that people know that are familiar. Like, what are the songs that are comforting to you? What are the hymns that comfort you? What are the praise songs that comfort you? You know, tell us so that we can sing some of those in the coming weeks. So just trying to maintain connection through that. We're also committed to increasing like emails and phone calls. So emailing people more often with scriptures, with short devotionals, you know, with those kinds of things. And then phone calls. Our goal is for our church staff to call everybody in the church within the first like two weeks that we're, you know, not gathering so that, that they can hear from us to just get a check in. We also um, divided up all of our senior adults and people who may live alone, just people who might need an extra, an extra touch and extra care and, and divided those up among our diaconate and, and asked them to give all those people a call and just say, Hey, you know, do you need anything? Do you need us to go to the grocery store for you? Do you need us to pick up a prescription? And we've already implemented that. And in fact, have already had a deacon pick up some groceries for a senior adult. So um, that's another thing we're doing. And we're also going to be doing Zoom groups like everybody. You know, I've seen lots of churches doing this as well. Uh, I'm going to do a weekly Zoom at noon with the pastor on like Wednesdays where people can just be with me. I'll probably be doing like Dio Divina and just can we see each other? You know, can you hear my voice? And and we're going to be doing some Zoom small groups as well. Our children's minister is going to try to do a Zoom group for kids. Um, and I think, you know, kids will maybe like it, the novelty of it. So we're just trying a lot of different things. And I think some of it may work and some of it may not, um, but hopefully it will. It's all fascinating stuff. I mean, I, I think you're, y'all are thinking about the most important thing during this time, which is connectivity, because it, it, we already live in such an isolating world. It's easy for us to go into our silos, to go into our homes. I mean, how many of us pull into our garage and close the garage door before we even get out of the car. And the nature of a crisis like this causes us to be even more isolating. And so it's so encouraging that y'all are finding ways to emotionally and spiritually connect with your people in this time. Um, yeah, I know this is hard, but um, at the same time, I've seen a lot of, um, I guess the nicest way I can put it is a lot of really stupid theological statements that are getting posted on social media over the last several weeks in response to this virus, you know, virus. And, and I think well-meaning people are just trying to find reasons behind all of this. So what theological advice would you give to people facing this crisis? 
So I think some things that I've been thinking about, I mean, how do you make sense of it theologically, like on the whole? Um, I think I'm not thinking as much about that right now as I am about like practically what are the spiritual practices that can help sustain us through this time? That's a little bit what I've been thinking about. And for example, like practicing grace, I think we're all on edge and so how do you practice grace with your neighbors, with your family, so that you don't match, you know, maybe the emotional level that they're at, but just help calm down. And I, I actually this weekend had this experience where I went to the grocery store and it was just my normal trip to the grocery store, but I just was noticing how anxious people were. And I thought, I'm going to try to practice grace. And so I tried to like make eye contact with as many people as I could and just smile at them. Like, okay, everybody, let's breathe. We're in this together. And also practicing grace with your family. I don't know about your family, but I'll just make a confession that like already Michael and I, that's my husband, have been like, um, you know, just biting, fighting a little bit more, just like nipping at each other. I just think because we're anxious, you know, and so a couple of times when we've snapped at each other, then we've come back and said, you know, we're just stressed out you know, I love you. I'm sorry. And just being quick to say, I'm sorry. And, you know, we just, so practicing grace, I think is big. And I think we got to do that in our churches too, because um, I think in every church, there are going to be people that maybe disagree with how much social distancing we're doing, whether or not we're meeting. And so there may be some tension around that. And so just having grace and understanding we're all doing the very best we can in a difficult situation. Um, And then, you know, I've been, of of course, encouraging people to pray, to practice breath prayer, um, encouraging people to practice service, just thinking about who are the people in my circle who might have needs, you know, do I have an elderly family member or neighbor that I need to check on? that it would be better for me to go out and get their supplies than for them. Uh, Even yesterday, I mean, this is a simple thing, but I got a text from my next door neighbor and and the next door neighbor just said to me, hey, you know, these are difficult times. If you need anything, just know we're here. And it brought tears to my eyes. It was just such a simple thing, but it just felt like, um, I don't know, just such a moment of, of, of connection, you know, of, of, of we're in this together. And so encouraging people to practice, you know, service. I think um, also just thinking about, <laughs> you know, if anybody has a theology of, um, you know, of resurrection, of like calm in the face of death, um, we do, you know, of all people, we should, we should feel that we face this, um, you know, with some calm. And I just, I don't know, the moment that's kind of come back to me as I've been thinking about this. um, You know, my mom passed away. It's been about a year and a half ago now. And I just keep thinking about being with her, you know, as she was dying. My dad, my sister, and I were sitting around her bed and just like the overwhelming sense of God's presence that I felt and just how calm I felt and just thinking about how in life I just feel held in God's care. And so, you know, as we face this uncertainty and, uh, you know, we are held in God's care. 
Um, and no matter what comes, I believe we are held in God's care in life and in death. And so just thinking about that as well. I just want to go back to, to one thing you said earlier, specifically around family crisis. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Michael's to blame for most of those. I can't imagine you ever being to blame for, for any kind of conflict in your family. <laughs> then you don't know me very well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carol, uh, thank you for your leadership and thank you for modeling the way during this unusual crisis we find ourselves in. It's been really good to talk with you. This podcast is presented to you by the Center for Congregational Health. At the Center, we believe God has called and empowered congregations to change the world. For 25 years, Center consultants, coaches, and educators have been supporting congregations, clergy, and lay leaders as they meet the ongoing challenges of congregational life, including training ministers to manage transition, helping congregations work through polarizing conflict, coaching clergy to discover and utilize their gifts for ministry, and assisting congregations in discerning God's call to future missions and ministry. Center consultants and coaches don't dispense expert advice. Instead, they recognize the uniqueness of each congregation and work to create the space needed for God's people to discern and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Please visit our website, healthychurch.org, to learn more about the center and find the help you need in order to thrive in missions and ministry. Well, that's it. That's our conversation. Be sure to support our annual sponsors by visiting their websites at fuller.edu and healthychurch.org. Check out cbf.net for information about our church starters, field personnel, advocacy work, chaplains, and much more. Oh, and uh, one more thing. I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but visit cbf.net backslash podcast support for ways that you can contribute to the CBF podcast conversations and get some pretty cool stuff in return.